church.
that you love us. How you love us. Think of how he loves you. Come on and say, thank you for the way. Your 
I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. And we want to talk to you about signing up for children's ministry. Oh, yeah. If you want to be the smartest, coolest, tallest person in the room, work in children's ministry. I don't think that's the reason why you would work in children's ministry. That's a little selfish. Really? You got You got a better reason? I do, actually. If you want to work in children's ministry, here's what you get. You always get free snacks, and once a month, your face will be covered with glitter. That's true. I'm signing up today. That's why I'm going to work in children's ministry. And you know, Jesus said, hey, suffer the little children that come unto me. What better way to get involved and help usher them into the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, I'm signing up for the snacks, though. Sign up, sign up, sign up. Hey, church, uh, we want to welcome you into the house of God, amen. Uh, Church, uh, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And it's been a joy and an honor and really to see so much response from us saying, hey, help. Uh, We need, or church rather, we need some help in these areas. And church, I want to introduce you. I want to bring a couple of people up on stage. Tammy and Mariano, why don't you guys join me on stage and can we welcome them on stage, family? Amen. This is Tammy and Mariano, and they are some of our, uh, just a, a couple of our faithful volunteers at NB Kids. I uh, hear Tammy, why don't you go ahead and take that? Um, and I wanted to talk to them about, and so church, NB Kids is one of those ministries that we've been talking about uh, that we don't just need help. We like, ugh, need help, like desperately need some help. And so church, I wanted to introduce you. Tammy's been with uh, NB Kids now for about 14 years. Yeah. Just about 14 years. A pillar in that department for sure. We, we if, 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 if Miss Jessica is not there, we say, talk to Tammy. Where's Tammy? Jessica's not here. Where's Tammy? And so um, Tammy's uh, just one of our faithful volunteers. And then. Mariano's been with there now a couple of years, right, my guy? Two years. Mariano's been there two years, and he's still the new guy after two years, right? Which goes to tell you how much help we need, amen? And so I wanted to tell, uh, for them to tell their story, how the Lord led you, led you there, because children's ministry, we all see how demanding it can be. Um, and one of the things I really wanted to point out, Tammy, and, and help me if, if, if I'm, I need to be corrected here, but one of the things that when people say, man, you guys are always there, right? We see the same people. We see Mariano at the front desk every Sunday. We see Tammy with her age group every Sunday. Or even here, we say, you know, we see, we see Wally on the base every Sunday. I don't know if I can give that much dedication, man, that there's so much. And so we say to that, you know, church, if we have more volunteers... We can rotate a lot easier. Is that kind of how it works, Tammy? Yes. In, in theory. Yes. In theory, in theory, that's how it works. So, Tammy, tell us a little bit about your heart and what brought you to, to children's ministry at NB Kids. So, when I started dating my now husband, he's been with this church since he was a little boy. Um, so when we started dating, I started coming to church, and shortly after we got married. I really felt a calling to be helping in the children's area. And like many of you, I didn't, I was kind of shy. I didn't want to approach it. But when I finally got in contact with the person who was in charge of children's ministry at that time, 
She welcomed me. Um, I've been helping ever since. So at that point, I didn't have any kids. And now I have three kids who are all part of the children's ministry. That's One in youth. Now. One in youth. Yeah. Um, and it's just really a blessing for me to be there every single week. Um, at one point a few years ago, I am a, well, I'm a dean of students right now, but at the time I was a teacher, a middle school teacher, and as you can imagine, that's a very stressful job, and I just felt like I had to take something off my plate, and I was praying about it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to step back. I can't help in church anymore. But the more I prayed about it, the more I knew, like, that's, that's what gives me joy. Like, it's not a burden to me to be in there. I love being in there with the kids. And I think most of them love me, too. <laughs> you think? Depends on the day. If they get enough goldfish. Right? Mariano, um, tell us a little bit about your story and kind of what brought you into NB Kids, my brother. So what I started was I started this church about 2017. I was part of the youth ministry. I was youth. I was a youth, um, what was it? Like, um, well, Mariano youth was leader. A, yeah, he was a youth leader, photography team. You photography kind of, team, you stuff like that. Mariano has always had a heart to serve, and he landed at NB Kids. And tell us how, yeah. So it was 2022's camp where <laughs> this little kid got hurt. And I carried him the whole entire time. After first day, so first day, first day, camp. First day this camp. kid gets off the bus and sprains his ankle. Like five minutes in, he goes like crack, right? And we, and the rest of the camp, I ended we up. We call this guy Dora. So <laughs> because yes. little Axel was on his. He carried him up hills. It's a mountainous area, mountainous terrain. And Mariano was like, "Come on, Axel, I got you, man." And that little Axel. I think he took advantage of it a little bit, let's be real. A little bit, a little bit. But what really <laughs> called me was after that is I was always on that side, but I always looked over yeah. to this and I was like, there's a calling for me over there. But what it is, I don't know. So I started praying and praying about it, and I really felt more called about it. But after, the, after camp is whenever I actually stepped forward, and I was like, Jessica, what can I do? And that's whenever, at the time, they were losing someone to check-ins, so that's where I felt my spot. Amen, and we thank you for that, Mariano. Tammy, fill us in. I know everybody thinks, you know, I've never taught a lesson before. I've never done that before, so I'm afraid. Everybody's kind of afraid, and they're just going to... Tell us, it's not all just teaching lessons. What other supportive roles, what kind of roles need to be fulfilled in that department? So, we need people who are willing to help in the nursery and the toddler class just holding babies helping watch them um in the older kids we have lots of strong teachers but sometimes that teacher is in the room with like up to 20 kids and that's a lot that's a high ratio so if we could get like one more adult in each class that would really help us be more productive with our lessons Um, We could use people to help prepare the snack, hand out the snack. We could use people, if you don't really like kids, we need people. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Um, We need people who can just go in and help us clean up after services because it gets a little messy in there. Amen. Well, thank you, Tammy. So 
if you if you kind of heard some of those supportive roles that you can play or or if you have a heart and say I would love to teach the children the lessons and how can I get started even if you have those preliminary questions please there's a QR code that's behind me that you guys can scan you guys can just point, point your phone phone over to this QR code scan it fill out your volunteer interest card and reach out to us and it'll right away go to Miss Jessica and she'll reach out to you immediately uh, or okay I can't say immediately next week sometime she will she will uh, get to those and reach out to you but can we thank Mariano and Tammy so much for the faithful service thank you Tammy thank you Mariano I didn't want to keep them up here too long because they've got a ton of kids waiting for them over there and Miss Jessica's in the window she's so, <laughs> otherwise she's got to take care of them kids, and you know your kids. All right? So, church, we thank you so much for supporting that. Again, that QR code is behind me. That QR code allows you to reach out to us with any questions that you may have, any, any at all. Right? Maybe you have a prayer request that you want to submit. That's the QR code that you connect with. Maybe just a general question for the office. Uh, or also registrations and events you can catch up with. Um, any of those registrations and events and find out what's going on. Like for today, church, today is Baptism Sunday. Can we celebrate that, amen? People coming out and going public with their faith. And church, I, I, I encourage you to stick, stick around after this service. Immediately after this service, we'll be out in the mall. Obviously, you'll see the baptistry there. It's already, the, the baptistry is already filled and ready to go. But I encourage you to stick around in church. While you're in that app, in that bottom right-hand corner of that app, there's a little heart that you can click on if you have not been able to uh, rather um, get involved in the church with your tithing and your giving. And church, if you've not done that, it's easy to set up. Or also, church, there's the giving box. There are the giving boxes, rather, at the entryways into this sanctuary. And we thank you so much, church for your faithful, faithful giving. Your obedience it does not go unnoticed in this community and abroad. So we thank you for that, church. Amen. Stay connected, church, always to the app. And church, we thank you for that again. Pastor Richard, we turn it over to you. Amen, amen, amen. Right before I dismiss those that are getting baptized, there's a young man I want you guys to meet, Santi... Would you come up here? I know I didn't give you any warning. I didn't tell you what this was about. I just, I just want you to meet a young, godly man in the making. He's not a man yet, but he's a godly young boy. Santi, give us your full name. My name is Santiago Campo Sandoval. And how old are you? Eleven. And what grade are you in? Six. Okay, so this guy comes to the men's breakfast every, every month, and, and he's a cook. He's a cook. What do, you, what do you make for us? I like to make waffles. No, not just waffles. They're like delicious waffles. <laughs> but Santi, what I wanted to talk about, we just did giving back to the community last weekend, and... Um, Every year we gave we give away we gave away twenty bicycles. The kids that are there get a ticket, and then we have a drawing. And you won a bike, didn't you? Yes. Now, you won a bike the year before, didn't you? 
Yes. <laughs> Man, some guys are blessed. But when you won your bike this year, you did something that not everyone would do. What did you do? I gave my bike to another kid because I won last year. So, what did you ask your mama? I asked my mom if I could give it away to a kid. And so he picked the kid that was there, and he blessed him. Man, how did it feel to be able to bless somebody like that? I felt happy and excited. And how was the kid? Uh, he looked very happy. <laughs> We're proud of you, Santi. Lord, keep your hand on this young man, Lord. I can't wait to see what he's going to become in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I know, Mama, you got to be super proud of your son. He's doing such an amazing job. Uh, yeah, and he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. Thank you for working that in there, Bernie. Uh, uh, look, today's Baptism Sunday. So, uh, Pastor Cindy, would you lead all those that are getting baptized today? If you're getting baptized, and, and if you had forgot, we have robes and stuff. But if you're getting baptized, just follow Pastor Cindy out. Uh, you're going to be going through a class right now, so make sure you guys go over there with her. And, uh, and it's an exciting, exciting day an exciting time. And, uh, and, and young people, you're supposed to have already been dismissed, so if you haven't, uh, the youth are being dismissed to their class right now, and they have an amazing time uh, just learning and growing together. So we thank God for that as well. Amen? Well, guys, um, I started a series three weeks ago calling it Choices That Determine Your Future. And it's really interesting how every decision uh, has a consequence, positive or negative, but it's going to have a consequence. And, and every, day, every day we're making decisions all the time, like what am I going to wear to church today? Which service am I going to go to? And on and on and on. Now the big, big decision after service, where are we going to go eat? You know, I mean, it's like, so Lord, let there not be any arguments today. <laughs> but, but all kidding aside, it's like we have choices that determine our future. And I want to talk about choosing the right team for your dreams. All of us have dreams. We have visions. We have dreams of things we want to accomplish. And it's real important that you make the right, the right and, and the righteous choice when you choose a team. Because there's four kind of people that you're going to need to succeed in life. Everyone's going to need a model, a model who inspires you by their example. It could be somebody you know personally, or it could be somebody that you just know of. They could even be real famous, and you just follow them because they do something that really impacts your life, and you go, I want to be like that person. And then every one of us needs a mentor. We need a mentor who coaches us, who's going to speak life, and speak direction and correction and be able to help you and motivate you and just inspire you and really just be able to, to have those difficult conversations and the healthy conversations with you. And then we need a partner, 
someone that we're going to partner with, partners who share the dream and work for us. They have that dream that they want to accomplish and they want to do. And then last, we need friends, friends that are going to love us and pray for us and encourage us and just be with us. So how do we get those? You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, for we are God's workers, we're God's partners, and you are God's field, but you are God's building. See, we are the church. This is a building, but we are the church. And we go into the field and we change lives through the healing and transforming power of God. And so it's important that we do that. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that today you would help us to really learn how to choose the right team for our life. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Look, so why do we need a team for our life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because you need it to make up for our weaknesses. Everybody has strengths, but everyone has weaknesses. And all of us have areas in our life that can use some improvement. And sometimes we're too proud to ask for help. We don't want to help. Have you ever seen those people that are carrying all these things? Hey, you want to help? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Somebody falls down. Hey, let me help you up. I got it. I got it. I don't need your help. It's like, man, I'm not trying to insult you, saying you can't do it, but I see that you need some help. Sometimes we have weaknesses that people have strengths in. And sometimes we have strengths that they have weaknesses in. And we're able to help each other. And we're able to encourage each other. The Apostle Paul wrote this way in the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 12. He says, when we get together, he's writing them and he goes, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. He goes, but I also want to be encouraged by your faith. He's like, I really want to be an encouragement, but be encouraged because iron sharpens iron. We minister to each other. We help each other. We build each other up. We help each other in their weaknesses. We offer our strengths. In our weaknesses, they offer their strength. It's important that you have a good teammate. Another thing, the reason we need a team in our life is because it brings out the best in us. A team brings out the best in you. It's not just one person. As I just said, the scripture in Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says right there, it says, just as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, that sharpening isn't to cut and be mean, but sometimes hasn't someone ever had to tell you, hey, man, you're being really rude, or you're really being mean when you say that, or you're or you know what? That's an amazing thing you're doing. Keep doing it. You really bless people. You really help people. But when you do that, you really hurt people. And it's not that they're being critical. They're trying to help you become a better man, a better woman, a better husband or wife or son or daughter, brother, sister, whatever the case might be, to really strengthen you. And when you come together with people, people strengthen us and help us. So try to hang out with people smarter than you. So that way they elevate your thinking. And you go, man, I like the way they think. And I like the way they communicate. I like the way they articulate themselves and articulate their thoughts. And wow, that's really cool. I want to I be like that. I want to be able to, to communicate like that. I want to be able to, to handle myself like that under pressure, under attack, under criticism. And you help each other grow. 
And another thing that you need a good team is to get more done, just to get more done. I mean, two's better than one, right? Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse, I mean, chapter four, verse nine. It says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. I'll never forget, Pastor Michael was telling us one time that what a blessing that, that Chris Cleveland and, and, and the men from under his construction were because his, his sister is a promoter and they had had a real big concert that she had promoted out at the Balloon Fiesta Park some time back. And, and the park was left a mess. It was just trashed every place. And Michael's brother-in-law said, hey, Pastor Mike, are, are you busy today? Do you think you and your daughter and your son-in-law could come and help me? And so they took off over there. And when they got there, here's this huge field. And there was only five of them. Michael goes, dude, we're going to be here for hours. And he made a phone call, and he called Pastor Chris Cleveland. He goes, hey, is there any way you could spare a crew from under his construction? He goes, dude, we just finished a job, and we've got some time. So he sent a crew out there. Man, they showed up, and they were like ants. <laughs> they took care of it in no time flat. And man, Michael said, yeah, we got it done, man. We got it done. When you work together and you partner with people, you could get it done a lot better than just by yourself. I'll never forget one time we had, uh, we were giving away hot dogs here at the church, and, and afterwards we had, I don't know, probably 200 left over. And my son goes, well, I'll take them, and I'll start giving them out to the homeless. And he started, and he was going down the cruise, cruising down the streets and handing out hot dogs to people. And he, all of a sudden, he's like, holy cow, man. I don't know where all the homeless hang out, you know? Where's their house at? <laughs> I'm like, uh, wherever they decide to park, you know? And so as he's going down Central, he saw Pastor Chuck, and he goes, Pastor Chuck, and he goes, I got all these hot dogs. He goes, let's take them to God's warehouse. And why? Because there was a hub there. Together they do, they're more effective. I know it's awesome if you go feeding the hungry and you hand out sandwiches and burritos, but I'm telling you, you want to do three to 500 all at once, go volunteer at God's warehouse. They need your help as well because we get more done. Another reason we need a team is to help to get back up when we stumble. We need help getting back up. Everyone stumbles, some intentionally, others just we mess up. Some people premeditate their sin. I'm going to go do this, do that. I hope nobody sees. And, and man, and boom, you fall, and then nobody knows where you are, so you, you can't get up, and then now you're all ashamed, and then you don't come to church. And, dude, where are you at? Oh, man, you know, I, I just said life's been busy. And it's not life's been busy. Yes, life's been busy. Life is busy. But we do the things that matter to us, don't we? But the reason we don't come is now we're ashamed. And we think everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what happened. Everyone's talking about me. They're talking about I went to a football game, and they were in a huddle there. No, that's, that's part of that, that's what they do. Well, I came to the church. There was a whole bunch of people huddled up. No, they were just getting free donuts and coffee. But are you with me? You start tripping out because you're... In sin, you're not, you weren't there. No one was there to help you back up. Look in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 10. It says, if one person falls, the other person can help, reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. 
That's why we need each other. We need to walk with somebody. We need to be encouraged with each other to really help carry each other's load. And then another reason is to resist attacks and criticism. There's people that attack us and criticize us. Amen? Look, there's, there's, I, I feel blessed. I feel really loved by almost everybody. But I know I'm not loved by everybody. But like last night, Cindy and I, we like going cruising, and, and we take this certain route, and we went cruising, and, and, and all of a sudden, we went to a restaurant we hadn't gone to in a while. She goes, where are you taking me? I go to Max La Sierra up there on, on, on Central. So we went to Max, and, and, and this guy that works there, uh, you know, we've known him forever and ever, and, and he was at the table, and oh my gosh, we laughed all night long, and we just had a lot of fun, and we're cracking up, laughing and laughing, and and, and man, and it, he spoiled us. And then, on the way home, I got a text, and it was not a nice text. It was an ugly text. And it was like, wow, man, now I know how you feel, huh? Why don't you tell me how you really feel? I was like, wow. And Cindy goes, Richard, calm down. Not everyone's going to like you. I go, really? <laughs> But the reality is, I know that not everyone likes me. I know that there's people that attack me or criticize you. I used to be so weird that if someone would write me hate mail, I would file it and save it. Pull it up. Whenever I was real happy, I'd pull it up just to get bummed out. You know, it's like, why do you save that stuff? Some of you guys save texts you shouldn't save or emails or messages or whatever. Man, it's like, but we need people to help us through those times. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says right there, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer, but three are even better. It says, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That third braid is the Lord binding you together, making you strong to be able to stand against the wild schemes of the enemy. Man, there's times you're going to get attacked. But just let the Lord cover you. You're going to get criticized. Let the Lord help you. That's why you want a team around you to say, well, because when people criticize me, I promise I really do listen and say, okay, God, what part of that is true and what part of it is are they just being ugly and mean or what? What do you want me to get out of this? Because sometimes they're speaking the truth. Are you with me? And so it's important that we examine that, but it's also, not, it's also important that you don't hold on to stuff to beat yourself to death. So what do we need to look for in choosing a team? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what I want to talk about. How to choose a team. First of all, choose people who want to love and serve God. Choose people who want to love and serve God, that they really love the Lord and they want to serve God. If you want to become a godly man, don't hang up with a bunch of perverts and idiots. If you want to become a godly woman, don't hang up with a bunch of perverts and idiots. Because you know what? Probably all of us have one of those weird friends, right? That we're like, man, I can't hang out with them. Every time I'm with them, I end up doing something dumb. Man, 
they're my best friend, but let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to make choices that are not comfortable. But choose people that want to love God and serve God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18, it says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Ooh, there goes half of your friends. Now, see, there's nothing wrong with having an unbelieving friend, but you have to have boundaries because that person, if you don't set your boundaries, they could end up taking you down. Amen? So it's important that you really have healthy boundaries, that you really guide them and help them. But it says, goes on to say, how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? How can harmony... Uh, I mean, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? Wow. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Now, it's not just talking about, it's talking about romantic relationships. It's talking about dating. It's talking about just friends. It's talking about people and acquaintances. It's saying, set your boundaries clear. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, he says, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And he goes on to say, and I'll be your father. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He's saying, I want you to set clear-cut boundaries. You can have unbelieving friends, but you better make sure that you guard your heart because the heart is very deceitful. The heart will tell you stuff, and you get all, oh, yeah, oh, oh, I love him. But he's not a believer I will evangelize dating. I will evangelize him. It's like, oh, Lord Jesus. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Look what it goes on to say. Choose people committed to growing in character. Man, so we got to make sure that we we, we really choose people that love God and serve God. Proverbs 10, verse 9, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Proverbs three thirty four says right there, people with, uh, uh, the Lord mocks the mockers, but in gracious, but is gracious to the humble. Humble is admitting you can't, don't have it all together. Humble is admitting you need help. Humble is saying, I trust in the Lord. Oh, you need a crutch? Yeah, I do. Because you know what? Walking on my own, I keep falling flat on my face. Jesus Christ is my crutch. He's my cane. There's sometimes, look, with this healing thing of my hip, there was times I couldn't even walk. So I, I had to be, at one point they said, here, let us put you in a wheelchair. I go, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. But guess what? I had to get in a wheelchair. And then I was using a walker, and then I was using a cane, and 
Now I'm walking without a cane, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know what? There's times when I have to go back to my cane. This weekend, there was a real big uh, a Jesus gathering, a prayer gathering. Friday night, I was out there, and it's out in the field and on grass. I don't do real good, so I had the cane, and I'm walking, and, and I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I'd go like that. There was a hole. I didn't see a hole, but thank God I had the cane. All of us need a crutch every once in a while. But be humble enough to admit it. Be humble enough to say, I need help. I need your assistance. In Proverbs 22, verse 9, it says, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. God, God blesses you. He honors you when, you when you want to serve and love God through helping. In Psalm 92, verse 12 through 14, it says, but as a godly but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of God. And look at, listen to this part. All of you old people, listen. I'm talking to me too. Yes, I'm old. Some of you are saying, you're not that old, Pastor. Well, I'm a lot older than some of these but I'm younger than some of these, so it's all relative. But look what it says. Even in old age, you will still produce fruit. Hallelujah. And will will remain vital and green. See, even old, what he's saying there is don't think because you reach a certain age, that's it, God doesn't want to use me. God can't use me. I can't. Yes, he can. Quit saying he can't. Look. The Bible says people with white hair is a sign of wisdom. They've been around. They could tell you all the things they did right, and they could tell you all the things they did wrong, and you could learn from them. So, man, it's important that you choose people that love God and want to serve God. Second thing is choose people who do what's right even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. Look, you want people that aren't going to give in, that aren't going to compromise, that aren't going to surrender. They're going to stand their ground. They're going to stand on the word of God. They're going to say, we shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water, I'm going to stand firm on the principles and precepts that the Lord has laid out. I'm going to stand on what he has said because I've made a commitment and I'm not going to bow to Satan. It's hard to do that sometimes. Your boss might come, hey, man, I need you to say this. Oh, man, that's not even the truth. Or you tell your children, tell them I'm not home. My dad said he's not home. (laughs) (laughs) But, But you know what? Sometimes we have to make the tough call. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Be careful to obey all my commands so that all will go well with you and your children after you because you will be doing what is good and pleasing to the Lord. In Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every time. Man. Sometimes you got to make that tough decision. I've shared the story before, but man, I'll never forget when I had become a Christian and, and I, I was an alcoholic and I'd already been a Christian a couple months, but I was still drinking a lot. And, and I, I, man, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know how to stop, man. I tried 
AA, I tried it, whatever. I tried it, everything. And finally, on a Wednesday night, they were taking prayer requests. And I go, anyone have a prayer request? And I stood up, and I was new to the church. I had only been saved two months, and I stood up, and I go, uh, Pastor, uh, I, I need prayer. I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, but uh, I drink a case of beer every night and uh, half a bottle of tequila or half a bottle of scotch. And the whole church is going, oh, like, what in the world? You're not an alcoholic. What's wrong with you, you drunkard? And they're, and they're, and they're also tripping out because I'm being so honest. I'm just like, hey, I, I, I want freedom. So we lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, and a hurricane had come through and knocked down our fence, our porch, and done some damage to the house. And I'm outside cleaning everything up with my neighbor that led me to the Lord. And I popped open a beer, and I'm drinking a beer, and I, I, I take the first, ugh, I spit it out. He goes, what's up with you? I go, man, it tastes like vinegar. Smell it. He goes, I don't want to smell it. I go, smell it. He smells like beer. I go, yeah, right. I, well, so you think I go, oh, praise the Lord. God's delivering me from drinking. No, I poured that beer out and went and got the next one, and the next one, I went through eight beers, and they, they, I, I go, forget it, man. This beer must have been a bad batch. So you think I would have said, praise God, I'm set free. No, I went to the store and bought a different brand. <laughs> I'll never forget, I, 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 that day I was drinking Miller High Life. And, and I went and bought Michelob because Michelob was the, kind of the, the higher price, the better beer. And it tasted the same. He came, ah, man. So I take one sip, poured it out, and Cindy goes, um, Richard, uh, she, she was so kind, she didn't say, hey, you stupid idiot, you've been praying to get free. And said, she goes, baby, do you think maybe God's setting you free? I know you've been praying. And I'm like, duh, I guess so. You know, like, oh, my gosh. So I go in the house, and I poured out the rest of the beers, and then I got my vodka, and I got Chevis, and Johnny Walker Red, Johnny Walker Black, and Seagram 7, and I'm pouring everything down the drain, Okay. And I throw it in the trash can, but look how the devil is. I, I had just done that, and at the door, and it's my drinking buddy, Beto. And Beto had just come back from Nuevo Laredo, which is on the other side of the, the border of Laredo, Texas. And he goes, Richie, I go, Beto, he goes, look what I got you, a bottle of mezcal with the worm in it. And I'm like, hey, Beto, man, you know what, dude? I told you I started serving the Lord two months ago, and you know what, man? I, I, I really, I, I just, and by that time, we're in our kitchen. He goes, yeah, dude, look, you guys had a big old party, man. You didn't even invite me. I go, no, dude, you don't understand. God just set me free. I poured all that out. I poured it out in your stomach. I go, no, I, I threw it down the drain. He goes, yeah, right, and he got his bottle of mezcal, and he pops it open, and he goes, if you don't understand what that means, thank God you're not a drunk like me. <laughs> or like I was. In other words, take a hit. And I went, wow. Beto, you don't understand, dude. I'm, I'm telling you. I just poured all that down the drain. God set me free. And he told me and my God to do some things I can't repeat. And I go, Beto, listen to me, dude. I love you, carnal. You're like a brother to me. You're the first guy I met when we moved here. We didn't know a living person here. 
I go, come on, join me, man. Join me in serving the Lord. Join me in giving this lifestyle up. And he goes, you and your God can go take a hike. He said it really ugly. And I go, Beto, I love you, dude, but if you walk out that door, I'll never talk to you again because I'm going to serve God. And it was a real hard decision because you know what? He was a really good friend. But he walked out, and I never, ever talked to him again because I had to do what was right, even though it was hard. We have to do what's right. Sometimes we can't even hang out with our family that much. I know some people that will go to a family cookout, and they only stay there a short time because all of a sudden they start breaking out the beer and the liquor and the hard liquor and the weed and on and on, and they go, we're out of here. Oh, and you think you're all that. No, you know what? We're living by a different principle, and I don't want my children exposed to this. We don't use that language in our house, and I don't want my children exposed to this. And on and on and on. Let's move on. I stayed there a little too long. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. If you're going to choose people, you need to choose people that can handle criticism by focusing on God. Look, iron sharpens iron. But fire also starts more fires. Sometimes we could be with friends. They go, man, you know what they were saying about you? Uh, don't worry about it. No, I'll go take care of them for you, pastor. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take them down. I say, they're not going to talk about my pastor like that. I go, why not? You've talked about me like that before. <laughs> like, <laughs> Are you with me? Some people get all shook up and all, and you know what? Let me at them. Let me at them. They're like a little chihuahua. <laughs> I'm like, calm down already. You need people that, you know what? They take a deep breath and go, God, vengeance is yours. You know that vengeance really is the Lord's. And I don't even ask him to let me sit on the front row anymore. Let me explain what I mean, because I know some of you have done that too. Lord, vengeance is yours. Get them, God, get them. And let me be right there when it happens. I'll get my popcorn and I'll sit there and enjoy it. <laughs> God, that's, that's not a heart of after God. It's like, Lord, they did me wrong, and I'm really broken. My whole family's broken. Please, Lord, make it right. Because I know what I want to do, God. But what I want to do is not pleasing to you. The way I want to handle it is not the way you want me to handle it. So, God, I'm going to give it over to you. That's why he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, he goes, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom is theirs. And then he says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are mine. You're mine. You're my follower. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward. Hear that? A great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And we're only passing through. This is not our home. 
We're citizens of heaven. Some of us are some of us aren't even born into the, this earth. Our mother carries us in their womb and, and we die before we're even born. I don't know why that happens, but it does. Some die as children, as infants, some die as in their in their young age, and some die in their teens, and some die in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, on and on and on. But you know what? Even if you live to be over a hundred, this is only temporary. We're going to glory, which is for all of eternity. And we're going home. That's home. That's the great reward. That's the promise. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, so do not throw away the, this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings. Listen, there's people that walk away from the faith. Ah, uh, they treated me wrong. I'm never going to step foot in a church again. I'm not going to serve God. Oh, shut up and grow up. People are mean sometimes. So are you. To learn and say, man, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Did I deserve that? And if you did, then repent. And if you didn't, then say, Lord, forgive them. I'm not going to let them ruin my life. I'm going to serve you till the chrome falls off. I'm going to go all the way. We're in this to the end, Lord. I'm not letting go of your hand for anything. As people leave because, oh, they left and they treated me bad or they did this or they did that. Or it's like, oh, my gosh. Over 500 churches in this city. Find one and serve. God loves you, but sometimes there's boundaries that he says, I'm sorry. You, you got to find another location. And I bring you to the last thing. When you're going to choose teammates, you're going to choose your team, choose people who take bold risks in their faith. Bold risks that step out, that step out and do things that, man, let me tell you, I, I count it as a privilege that, when Cindy and I moved here, we, we didn't know anybody. We started meeting people, and then people started walking this journey of faith with us. And some of you have been around for 40 years. The 40 years we've journeyed together. And you guys have taken steps of faith. Some of you guys remember Southside Church you got in the South Valley. The whole building fit right here on this stage. And all of a sudden, we added on to it, and we added a room, and we added another room, and hey, man, we did things there that were just unbelievable. We had one service, and then two services, and one time we even set up a huge tent outside the church, outside in a tent, and man, it was just, God was doing great things, and, and all of a sudden, we said, we're going to buy some property, and we bought some property, and we, we took a bold step of faith, and then all of a sudden, our sister church over there, Carlisle Montgomery, was going under, and there was just a handful of people left. There were 16 people. And they said, man, God told us to give you the building. I go, really? They go, yeah. And they gave us the building, and, and, and man, many of you took the step of faith. And we crossed over, and we came over here. We were from the South Valley, and we moved up to the Heights. 
So our theme song became like the Jefferson. Oh, we're moving on up, moving on up to the east side. Aye, aye, aye. But it was hard leaving the South Valley. That was where our heart was. And all of a sudden, God opened up a door, and we took a step of faith, and we, we, we risked. So here we go. Are we going to even be able to afford a building that big? God blessed, and then we started growing. We went from one service to two services, the three services, the four services. We even had five services a few times. And God started doing some amazing things. But then our children's department was growing, and our youth department was growing, and we didn't have a place for them to meet. And so we took a classroom and tore down one of the walls in between and made it a real big room for the youth. But even that was too small for them. So we had to have youth on a, on a separate night so they could come in the sanctuary and worship together, and they could grow. And, and then our children's department, they would meet in the fellowship hall and we would use the fellowship hall and set it up as a children's department. And after Sunday, you have to tear everything down and turn it into a fellowship hall. We had classes in there and we had, it was, it was hard. And we dreamt, God, we'd love to have a worship center where, where we could all fit and where we could have a children's department where they could have their own worship center and they don't have to tear down every week and have a youth center where they could have a rec room and they could have a worship center for themselves. And, and, and look, and here we are. And here we are, and God has been faithful. But we crossed over. We even had a campaign, a building fund campaign. And every month to this day, my wife and I, we give to our building fund campaign. Because it costs money to build this. But you know what? God has been faithful. And he's been so good to us. And we even had a campaign crossing over to the fiesta. Because this is called fiesta crossing. So we said crossing to the fiesta. But I was saying crossing to the party because let me tell you something. Every time one person gives their life to the Lord, the Bible says there's a party in heaven. And we celebrate and we worship and we glorify his name. So take risks. Acts chapter 15, verse 26. It's talking about our beloved Barnabas and Paul. It says, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 13.36 says, this is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died. It's saying, you know what? David did what he was supposed to do in his generation, but then he died. Let me tell you, you and I are here for a time. We need to seize the moment. We need to capture the moment. We need to seize the time, seize the day, seize the years, seize this hour. And we need to do something supernatural for God. Because guess what? Our time will be over. I'm going to die someday. Someday you're going to die. But I pray to God new beginnings will never die that it'll keep growing and winning souls for the kingdom of God and educating and discipling and baptizing. And man, you'll be able to say, oh my gosh, my mama had me and I remember they dedicated me as a little baby. And here I am, 70 years old now, and New Beginnings is still going on strong. Because you know what? We're going to believe that we've chosen the right team to accomplish great things. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 8. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve his victory through our faith. 
And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. See, the battle belongs to the Lord, and it says he will fight for us, and that's how we win. I don't know if you have partnered with Team Jesus. I don't know if you've given your life to the Lord yet. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's your day. If you want to receive Christ as your Savior, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Anyone here today? I just want to make sure that you have an opportunity to receive Christ. Then would you stand with us? Because I believe that there's some of us that have made some bad partnerships. And God doesn't want us to break a friendship, but he wants us to set good, clear boundaries. Because we need to influence them. They don't need to influence us. And then there's people that we need to partner with that we haven't. And then there's people that we haven't even thought about partnering with. So I don't know where you are in your journey. And I don't know what your need might be. But if you have a need today, we'd love to pray with you. We're not going to prolong this. But I want to take time to give you an opportunity to respond to God and say, God, here I am. Use me. You challenge me today, God. I want to join a team. I want to be part of the children's, or I want to be part of this team, or that team, or that team, or this team. Or I want to do something great for the kingdom. So would you make your way up? We want to pray with you. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your prayer. Thank you, sir. I speak Jesus. Don't lift your voice with me. I just want to, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every dark addiction starts to break. Oh, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus.
consider those people that we have in our lives Heavenly Father would you speak to us like you've spoken to us in this place right now would you speak to us as we walk out the door so we can make good wise decisions that we can hear you when we need to hear you that you would put the right people around us to build our team for your glory for your glory Heavenly Father so that we can live out our life for the purpose for which you have called us in Jesus name church. There's baptisms today. I know there's people taking classes right now. I encourage you to hang out and see people giving their life to Jesus Christ. Other than that, would you go out and live your life the way Jesus has called you? Amen. Your